Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning. How are we feeling this morning? Good, good. Hey, welcome to the live stream as well. I think we've made some noise for them, but they're, they're not here, so we should do that, right? Hey, make some noise for them. What is up? Live stream. Glad you're joining us in your PJs. Or maybe you're watching, listening to it later on. Um, yes, we're glad that you guys are here. We have been in a series. We've been in a series. And this is week seven of our series. Last week, though, last week, we, um, oh, this was week six, obviously, you know, because I know math. Um, but I showed a video of uh, Pastor Mike, and it was one of those videos, you know, like he, was, he fell in the dark. And um, yeah, so... Um, I got another video of him. Now, this is this time he's slipping on a wet surface, and this is a hilarious video. Actually, it's not, but he does have a video for us. Can we, uh, can we watch that really quick? Hey, Pastor Mike here with your Expanse Project update. I am in the space that we are turning into a gymnasium. So right now, we are in the architectural phase. We've got an architect who is working through designing what it's going to look like and, and what it's going to take to build it out. But we've run into this one major problem, this pole. This pole is right in the middle of everything that we want to do. Basketball, volleyball, everything is right in the middle of the space and it has to go. But we think we've come up with a solution and the structural engineers are working on it now. So hopefully it'll come down soon, but it's going to be expensive. But thanks to you, we're all working together to make this poll go away. So if you've already pledged, thank you so much for your pledge. And if you haven't, you can pledge today. Awesome. Yeah, this is not a funny video, right? I'll try to get another one, though. What's funny about this video is that uh, we, we, we were rehearsing this, and we were showing it to some of our volunteer staff, and one guy came up to me, and he was like, man, that poll. You know, I had a ministry uh, uh, that I was going to do with the poll. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you know, pole dancing ministry. And I was like, that's not a ministry. That is not a ministry. See, those of you who are new to Mosaic, we have heathens here. We have heathens. Here, yeah, Eli. Anyways, um, but hey, just, just, I know we have some fun here, and if you're joining us, listening to this, we are in, uh, we are in a serious campaign, and uh, we really believe that God wants us to build out this gymnasium. And so if you saw these cards, this is your pledge cards. If you didn't, haven't turned it in, if you're thinking, still thinking about it, you still can do that. So we'd love for you uh, to join with us. It's a year-long campaign, and we're trying to raise half a million dollars. 
Now, now let's talk about week seven of the series that we've been in. Now, we, if you've joined, joined with us, if you've been with us, we are in a passage of Scripture in the New Testament. It's uh, Hebrews 11, and we're going through what it means to really understand what faith is all about. And the passage of Scripture that maybe you've heard us, if you're if you've been in one of these series, um, is this one right here. It's uh, verse 11. So Hebrews 1, 11, verse 1. It says, now faith, <clears throat> actually, <clears throat> let's try this. Let's read out loud. Can we do that? So let's read one, one, two, three. Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And from the beginning, we've said is that you and I don't need faith if we're not hoping for anything. <clears throat> this, for some of us, we're like, you know what? Yeah, I just need more faith, and I just need more faith, because if I can have faith, I would believe. The truth is that some of us, we stop, dream, uh, we stop dreaming first, and then we stop believing. But you and I don't need faith if we're not hoping for something. And as we close out this uh, conversation, this seven-week-long conversation, we started with the idea that Jesus requires us to really erase some of the boundaries that we put in our lives. <clears throat> Sorry. He wants, us to, he wants us to understand that we need to move out of what we think is possible into some things that we don't think they're ever possible. There's some areas in our life that we need to move into. And so we've talked about different kinds of faith. And so this morning, though, I want to talk about a faith that I think we want to, I want to end with. And what we've done is we've gone through parts, people that, uh, that Paul mentioned in Hebrews, like the different people. But I want to end with... Uh, a faith of a Canaanite woman. Can you say Canaanite? Canaanite woman. Okay, she is a Gentile woman, and she is one of the two people that Jesus, in talking about and describing someone's faith, said that this person had great faith. In fact, in fact, there are only two people in the New Testament that Jesus said they have great faith. Both of them were Gentiles. They were not Jewish people. The first one, we kicked off the series talking about this centurion guy who was like, you know what, God, if you say it, I'll believe it. And if you, don't, you can just say or command healing to move, and it'll move. And people thought he was ridiculous, and Jesus looked at him and said, hey, great faith, great faith. And then this woman is the next story. It's the story of a woman who, who Jesus says great faith to her. But when you read the story, and I'm not quite sure if you've been around in church long enough, if you even heard this story, it's one of those that's really hard to like talk about because Jesus is apparently seemingly at first glance in a bad mood. Have you ever seen Jesus in a bad mood? No, right? You don't want to see Jesus in a bad mood, right? You, you just don't want to. But this story is going to be about that. And in fact, the story is going to challenge the, the, um, this question. It's going to challenge the quality of our faith. And so if there's a title to this talk, if anything, uh, it is, How Fragile Is Your Faith? Can your faith take a beating? Can it take a sucker punch? Can it take a punch to the head? You're like, okay, Naeem, what's going on? You've got all these punches, and I, are you fighting? What's happening? You need therapy? Yes, I do. But anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> besides the point. Several years ago, <clears throat> okay, several years ago, I decided that I was going to learn how to do mixed martial arts, okay? Right, MMA, okay? I'm, I'm serious, okay? So I've got this guy, a uh, buddy of mine who's a cop. He was a black belt jiu-jitsu, uh, serious dude, and I started training with him. I kid you not. You're like, are you serious? Yeah, I kid you not. 5.30 in the morning. Did it for a couple of years. 
okay? And for months and months and months, we trained and trained and trained until we got to sparring. Now, if you guys don't know mixed martial arts, if you've seen mixed martial arts fights, they're not pretty at all. They're not pretty at all. I remember the first time I got hit in the head. Friends, it'll change your life. <laughs> I saw the light, first of all. Second of all, I came to my senses. I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't know if I, I don't know what was happening in my mind, in my brain. I, the, the whole universe was moving, and I was moving in it, but I was in a different universe. I mean, it was like an auto, it was a spiritual experience. I was born again, I think. Like, I got hit so hard, spirit came out of me, came back in, <laughs> looking at me, going, Are you an idiot? What are you doing? I need back in. I came back in, came to my senses, and I was like, Hey, bro, we're done. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Yeah, because I don't know if you, but because I was on, I would train and then uh, on Sundays I'd come in and I had bruises because I'd sparred with this guy. And it was ridiculous. Now, I blame you, first of all. I blame you. Okay? Because ministry is hard, first of all. Okay? Ministry is hard. There's so many things. And the only way to, like, you know, figure it out is, like, hey, I'm just going to beat people up. Like, that's the, uh, you know, that are okay with it. Not people who are not okay with it. So I blame you, okay? Secondly, secondly, I'm joking about that. I don't blame you. But I realized something, that when it comes to my physical um, health, I guess, I think I, my body can take a little bit of a beating, okay? I, I, used to, I, I was used to fights growing up. But when it comes to my faith, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. I think my faith is a little wimpy. Like, I think it's a little bit of weak sauce in there. I mean, anybody else? Like, seriously, I'm like, I, I, I kid you not, like, I was driving, we were driving to church this morning, Ashley and I, we were driving to church this morning, and I was like, you know what, it's storming, we should have just canceled. We should have just canceled. She was like, what? I was like, no one's going to be there. They want to watch online. Everybody wants to watch online, right? Those of you who are watching online, you're like, that's why we watch online. That's why we do that. I know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Get your butt here. Anyways, so I'm like... Uh, I, we should just cancel. And I'm like, oh, why is it so hard? It's also Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, da, 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 blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, f I find out, I realize that I am wimpy when it comes to my faith. My faith sometimes is fragile. And I realize that there's some of the things, if not all the things that God wants you and I to step into, is going to require our faith not to be fragile. And for some of us, we have a fragile Faith. So let me ask you this. Does your faith have a little fight? A little fight in her? Does your, does your faith have a little hood in him? Like, will, will, it, will, it take out, will it take a beating and keep on something? It'll keep on going. Will, will it do that or, or will it just stop and go, you know what, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. Oh, I'm just going to be disappointed. I'm not quite sure. See, I, I wonder if some of us, some of us, we really need to look at our faith. Because I get it. I get it. I mean, things don't turn out really good sometimes. And we find ourselves like, I'm not quite sure what's happening. What's happening. So let's look at the story. And let's see what God wants to speak to us about. Because for some of you, as we end this conversation, you're still in the same place when we started seven weeks ago. And maybe you haven't caught all of them. But maybe you're in a place right now, you're like, I'm not quite sure I want to keep on trying. I want to keep on going with my life in a, in a sense where I don't know if I want to keep doing what God's calling me to do or I want to keep moving in a particular direction. I'm not quite sure. There's just too much. And you feel like giving up. Anybody feel like giving up ever? Anybody? 
Yes, of course, we do. So let's jump in. Can we do that? Let's jump in. Matthew 15. Can you say Matthew 15? Matthew 15, we'll jump right in. This is the story. It says, and Jesus, uh, he left Galilee and went north to the region of Ty and Sidon. A Gentile, what, a, what kind of woman? A Gentile woman who, uh, who lived there came to him pleading, saying this. He says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my, for my daughter is possessed by, hold on, a what? A, a demon that, that torments her severely. Now, this isn't a, hey, my daughter's got a headache. We're not quite sure what's going on. My daughter's this. My da-. No, no. This is a demon tormenting her. Now, if you're a parent and you've got a daughter and a demon is tor- tormenting her, I mean, your heart breaks when they have a fever. Could you imagine your daughter? Could you imagine your son just acting all kinds of ways and you're like, I need some serious help? She is desperate. She's so desperate. It is, again, I mean, I get not to put anyone else's healing in higher priority or lesser priority. I'm just saying a demon issue is a big issue. It's a big issue. So she comes to him, and she's begging him. She's like, this is serious. And then the story says, but Jesus, check this out, Jesus gave her what? No reply. Not even a word. This is where ghosting started, right there. This is it. (laughs) Not even a word. It's the bubble start. And they keep on going, and they keep on going, and you're like, and they disappear. You're like, what? What was it? I just want to know. I don't even know. I don't even care if it's bad. Just, I just need to know. Nothing. See, that's even worse, isn't it? It's okay when God talks to you and tells you no, or gives you a sign, or speaks to you, and you kind of figure out, okay, this is probably not a good idea. But it's really annoying when it's silent. That's when your faith really loses its mind. You're like, Nothing? Like something, give me something, give me anything, like give me anything, nothing, he gives nothing. And then, then, this is, this, is, this is pretty interesting, this is so powerful because I can't believe how the scriptures would leave, if, if this is a holy book of Christians, which it is, right? It's amazing to me that this kind of story is in it and they leave it in there. Like people who want to discredit the scriptures, like uh, this, they, they, they can't do this because this is real life. So... Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that this, this, this next part doesn't make any sense. It says, then his disciples urged him to send her away. And they, this is what they say. So they, they tell Jesus this. They say, hey, tell her to go away, they said. She is what? Bothering us with all her what? Begging. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Like these guys have spent time with Jesus. You think they get nicer. Right? That's why, you know, you can be a Christian for a long time and still be awful. But this is like, you know what? All the begging is bothering me. It's bothering us. It's bothering us. Tell her to go away. They don't tell her. They want Jesus to do it. Bothering her. I mean, what is really happening? What happens after that? Then Jesus said to the woman. Then he said to the woman, I was only sent to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again. Oh, Lord, please help me. Please help me. I mean, Jesus starts off by saying, hey, hey, find your own God. I'm not here for you. I'm not here for you. Now, could you imagine God saying that to you? Could you imagine God saying, you say, somehow you communicate to him, and he's like, hey, I'm not here for you. 
you'd be devastated. I mean, could you imagine that? And then he says this. Jesus responded, finally. He says this. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the... What? <laughs> what? I mean, I'm sure to that, Peter's like, oh, whoa. Oh, ye, wow. I mean, he called me Satan, but this is worse. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Jesus in a bad mood today. Like, what did you just call her? What just happened? Throw it to the dogs? I mean, could you, could you imagine if modern-day Jesus tweeted that? <laughs> could you imagine? Elon Musk would be like, oh, that's going too far. For me, if, even, for, even for me. Even for me, it, that's too far. That's too far. Uh, do, I don't, I, is it right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs? Could you imagine that kind of interaction with God? And then what happens right after that? I mean, to that, you and I, I mean, I would just crumble. What does he, she do? She replies instantly and she says, oh, that's true, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. Boom. What? She comes right back at him and says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But even dogs eat the, uh, the scraps of the table. So just give me that. Just give me that. I don't need fresh baked bread. Give me stuff that's been microwaved a couple of times, then fall on the floor more than five seconds. Give me that. You give me that, I'm good. Which, by the way, that means you heal my daughter. Even that. And then Jesus turns as if he, what he was saying, he was not really saying those words. He says, dear woman, he said to her, your faith is what? Great. Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was what? Instantly what? Healed. Instantly healed. Your faith is great. What he's saying is your faith is not wimpy. Your faith is has some fight in her. Like your faith has some hood. Your faith is, it will hustle. Your faith will, will, is not just like, uh, just, uh, just fragile, okay? In the South, they call it precious. It's not precious. It's not precious. Man, it'll take a beating. Your, your faith will do that. The question is, will our faith do that? See, I, I find myself, and I think we find ourselves not allowing to step in, our, ourselves to step into some things because we just think our faith is just so fragile. Like, everything should work out. Here's how I know, and how, here's what I look at the story, and I go, you know what? She did not have time to be precious. She had so much purpose. She's like, I don't care what I hear. I'm getting what I came for. You can do it, you know this, and I know you care for people, I know you've healed people, and I know you're doing this. And for some of us, we know that God is good. We know that he does not want us to continue to live in torment, but yet we have convinced ourselves he's okay with that, which he's not okay with. He's not okay with. But the problem is, I think some of us have stopped fighting for it. We've just heard something like this. Could you imagine how many of us would just stop just go, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Because we so struggle with a sense of insecure faith. But God's saying, I want you to possess some of the things. But it's going to take a little bit of a fight. 
And so as we leave this conversation, I want to make sure you and I know that it's going to take a fight. Let me tell you how to recognize when you find yourself in a faith that you might think maybe it's fragile. A couple of things. First of all, I think when, when your faith is fragile, when obstacles surprise you, when, when it's just hard, it surprises you. Like, uh, wouldn't it be great that all the good things were just easy? Like, all the healthy things, all the healthy foods were, just taste great. And all the bad things tasted horrible. That would make life so much easy. So much easy. I think when you're doing something and you know it's right, you know that this is the path, and you find yourself just stuck in obstacles, like there's so much opposition, like things are not working out right. Like, what is the issue? What's going on? Have you noticed, like, if you're late to something and you're trying to move out of, like, your house or something, constantly this happens. Some part of my clothing gets stuck at the door. (laughs) Has that ever happened to you? Something gets stuck. I'm like, really? Like, there's there's someone out there going, ha-ha, let's do that now. Let's do that now. Let's do that now. Like, when you really need to go somewhere, get somewhere, where are my keys? Oh, my God, for the love, where are my keys? Where are my keys? Where are my keys? Where are my keys? What's going on? What's going on? Like, it's so tough when you and I are trying some things and there are obstacles. I think for some of us, when we're surprised by it, what happens? We just kind of stop and we go, this should not be this hard. Friends, everything that's worth anything is what? Hard. It's tough. It's going to take everything. So where you want to come out of, out of this season, yeah, you might come out with a black eye. Are you up for it? You're like, I'm not quite sure about this. Yeah, I get it. But if you've been sold this idea of a faith in Jesus that says, hey, you'll get out of this thing and you'll be all good, no bruises, no wounds. No, no, it's not going to happen. Man, friends, if I knew, if I knew the amount of scarring, wounds, hurts, uh, stuff that I would have to face um, when I started Mosaic, oh, I wouldn't have started. I kid you, I mean, seriously, I thought it was going to be awesome. I should have known really quickly it was not going to be awesome. I mean, seriously, I did not understand. And here's the part, part of the problem. Part of the problem is these obstacles, these things that come up, there's just so much misunderstanding. Like, it's not just me going, oh, my gosh, it's so hard. It's so hard because when you're trying to do something, you're misunderstood. And that's the worst, isn't it? When you're misunderstood. Like, I didn't mean to. There are people, they're, they could, they'll, they'll tell stories of how I hurt them. I mean, we've been going for 16 years. I'm telling you right now there are people who go, you know what? Mosaic hurt me. And I deal with that. That's a, I hate that. I didn't mean that. I didn't meant that to happen. But man, when you and I are trying to pursue, trying to do something and obstacles surprise you, just remember, it's, 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 it's a realigning your faith. How about this one? When offense bruises you easily. When you get offended so easily. Can I just tell you? Can I just tell you? You're precious. You're precious. It's not a good thing when I say that, by the way. You're precious. When you get offended, when we get offended, do you know what that means? You give that peop- the other, other person power to stop you. Jesus even, Jesus even said, hey, blessed are those who are not offended by me. He tells a story, right, 
We, the first week of this, we talked about it. He was like, hey, there are going to be people that when I do certain things and I choose not to do certain things, I allow certain things in their life, they're going to be offended by me. And blessed are you if you don't fall away for account of me. Here's what happens with offense. Offense stops you. It just stops you. Wherever you were going, where direction you were moving, your passion, it just stops you. You get offended and it stops you. It has the power to stop the good thing in your life, the character that God wants to build in you. And friends, we cannot allow, allow ourselves to be offended all the time. Why? Why do we, why do we do that? Why do we do that? Well, I'm, I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended. Let me tell you what Jesus never said. I'm offended. Because you couldn't do that to him. You couldn't do that to him. You could betray him with a kiss, and he'd love you for it. You call him anything, he's not offended. Because he, he knows the power that offense has. How many of us, how many of us are just offended? And I'll tell you what, it seems like Christians get offended more than anybody else. Friends, that, that says our faith can't take a punch. It can't do that. Let me give you the third thing, Okay. When you think, when you think, this is going to be a test. When you think that you, that living in the U.S. here, because this is the context. If you're watching uh, internationally, you know, that's a different context. But if you're in the U.S. and you feel that you are persecuted for your faith. If you ever felt that you are persecuted for your faith. You're precious. <laughs> and if you're offended, you're precious. Friends, I, I live here. I live here. I come from a Muslim background, okay? And I'm just going to tell you, I've never been persecuted for my faith. We have no idea what persecution is. We have no idea. And so when I see people living in this free country saying that we are persecuted for our faith, I'm like, oh, we, we, we fragile. We, we, just need, we just need to feel good. And you might go, oh, man, you don't, you don't understand my work. I get your work. I get that. I get that. But you have no idea, friends, what people in the world are going through. Literally flogged for their faith. So, friends, let's just have a reality check. Let's just look at our faith and go, okay, are we fragile? Are we, are we what? Precious. Are we precious? Let me tell you, if you told this to um, Paul, here's what he would say. Here's what he would say. I'll read this, okay? This is a passage. It is basically Paul on a rant, okay? He loses his mind. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to say this. He starts off, okay? This is a letter that he writes. And by the way, these letters were read in public, right? And so this is hilarious. So he says this. He says, um, are they servants of Christ? So he's talking about people, and because they're comparing him, he's like, he's like, he's just, he's like, he's done with it. Because they're like, he's not really an apostle. He's not do, really doing the work. And he's been going out doing all kinds of things. And they're, they're like, and he's like, you know what? Let me just let me set the record straight. He's like, let me, because they're like, oh, we're doing so much hardship. We, we're having hardships. You don't have any, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts off and he says, are they servants of Christ? And then he puts there, I'm out of my mind when I talk like this. So give me a moment. He's like, basically, excuse me when I say this, you know, like give me a minute. Because I'm about to say some things. I'm about to say some things. And then he starts off. He goes, are they a servant of Christ? I am more. I said it. Here I am. I just said it. I'm more. 
He says this, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, have been exposed to death again and again. What about you? Then he goes, five times I received from the Jews, my own people, from Jews. I'm Jewish. And they were, I received what? A letter? No, no. I received 40 lashes minus one because they felt cute. That's it. 40 lashes minus one. 39. No, 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 no. And then, oh, it doesn't stop there. He says, three times I was beaten with what? Rods. Once I was pelted with stones. I mean, he was like, he was like I was pelted. I was stoned. He's not talking about weed. They weren't throwing cannabis at him. No, these rocks. He's like, hey, listen, listen. Three times I was what? Shipwrecked. Right there, friends. He says this. I spent a night and day in open sea. I would, I would be like, take me now. I'm done. Open sea? How many of you are up for that? Oh, no. I've seen so many shark movies. I know what's going to happen. I'm like, what? What? He keeps on going. He keeps on going. He goes, uh, yeah, and I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers. This is how you know he's ranting. He's like, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers, in danger in target. I've been in danger. Like, he's like, his key word is, catchphrases, Instagram status, in danger. <laughs> Not endangered, in danger. Like, help me now. Then he says, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without what? Sleep. How many, like people, how many of you like yourself without sleep? No one. Then he goes on and says, I have known what? Hunger. Oh, God, no. Thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and I've been naked. Don't ask me why. I was naked. Besides this, he keeps on going. He says, besides everything else, I face the pressure of my concern of all the churches. He's like, I have emotional stuff that I carry as well. What is he saying, friends? Is he saying, hey, hey, compared to me, you should just, you know, uh, like, hello, like, get with the program? Is he saying, hey, your and my stuff doesn't count? No, he's not saying that. What he's saying is that through God's spirit that lives within us, you and I are able to do so much and go through so much more than you think and I think we can. And you're like, I can't take this anymore. I can't go through this. Yes, you can. I can't go through this. No, no, I quit. No, you can't. You can't. No, no, no. you have no idea the amount of, of trauma. You don't have, the, you have no, and I don't, I don't. I just know this, that the same spirit lived inside, this guy lives inside of you. And so you and I have the ability to have a faith that will take a beating, go 10 rounds, and still come out standing. And for some of us, we've just given up. Because if we've named it and prayed for it, and we can't claim it, or we can't manifest it, and it hasn't happened, we're like, we're out. And Paul's like, did I tell you I was naked? <laughs> like, this is... This is, this is rough. He said, but yet I can do this. And so what does it look like? What it looks like it's a couple of things. Number one, faith that takes a fight, that has a fight, is committed to do the work. 
It's committed to do the work. It's not a lazy faith. It's not like, ah, it's not my job. It's not my thing. No, no. You do the work. You do extra. You do extra. It does the work of getting to know and developing a relationship with God. You're like, no, 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 I just want to come here, and I just want to sense him. If I don't sense him, I'm good. If he doesn't connect with me. No, you and I have got to do the work. If you know people who have a strong relationship with God, let me tell you what they've done. They've put in the work. They've put in the work. Hours of work. Not five-minute here, Instagram, oh, I like this verse, I'm going to repost it. No. I'm talking about hours of sitting with God, getting away. Doing the work, knowing what God really thinks about you, not, not hearing what other people say about you. Like, you have to put in the, the work, friends. You and I have got to do that. That's that kind of faith. The, strong, the faith that takes a fight, it's not distracted, right? And it's not distracted by results even. It's not, it's not, it's not a hyper-emotional faith. When everything is good, it's good. When everything is bad, it's bad. It's not, it's not like that. See, when you and I have it like this hyper-emotional faith, hyper-emotional faith always has a timer on it. When the timer runs out, it's gone. It's over. We're gone. It's good. It's good. Like you have an amazing time of worship. You have an amazing time with people. You have an amazing weekend. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And something happens. Your emotions go down, and it's all down. So I'm not saying emotions are bad. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, let's not be distracted by our emotions. Let's not believe everything we feel. Don't believe everything you feel. Oh my gosh, I feel a lot of things. You don't want to believe it all. It's not true. Lastly, lastly, a, 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 a faith that has a fight. Okay, let me just go through them. One, it's committed to do the work, right? It's, it's, it's not distracted by even results because if, you, if results don't happen, you know, you lose it. And the last thing is, it's, it's this, okay? It's captivated by God's goodness. See, at the end of the day, Paul was convinced that God was good. That regardless of what was going to happen to him, I'm sure he is sitting there like hungry, tired, hoping no one finds him, what's going on, naked, or in the south, what do they call him? Naked, I guess, I think that's what they call him. He's sitting there. Do you think at one point he's like, did I hear God right? Did I, did I, did I miss him? Did I, did I, maybe, maybe this was not a good idea. Maybe this, this is not exactly what God said. Maybe this isn't God's will. Because if it was God's will, why isn't just doors opening up? Opportunities are coming my way. Angels are coming and singing around me. Like, why is, not, why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? He was captivated. He just knew that God was good. See, here's the problem. I think right here lies the strength of your faith. It's God's, it's knowing it's how much you know that God is truly good. Because I will tell you, now listen in, especially those of you who are watching online. I don't believe that some of you believe that God is truly good. I think that's, that's the biggest question for some of us. You don't believe it's good. 
You don't. Because if you and I believed he was truly good, there's so many things you and I would do. There's so many things we could take. We could take a lot of punches, a lot of criticism, a lot of stuff, if you knew God was good. You could go through a lot of hell knowing that God was good. You'd go through a lot of darkness, a lot of despair, if you knew God was good. If you only truly knew that God was good. See, I think some of us don't. And here's the problem. The problem is that if you don't know that God is good, you will only practice religion. Because the only way you realize that God is good is you get a personal revelation. And if you don't get a personal revelation that God is good, you'll just believe religion that says God is good. And you'll just practice that. And you won't be captivated by God's goodness. And if you're not captivated by God's goodness, when you're going through all kinds of things, when it's not working out again and again, and the season of singleness is driving you mad and questioning everything about who you are, when you have prayed and prayed for, uh, to, for you guys to conceive, and you're like, I'm just a horrible person. What did I do with my body? Is God, is God uh, punishing me? When you're walking through this pain and of loneliness, and you don't understand why your mind can be totally one way on Monday and by Friday, it is totally going a different direction. When you find yourself just not being able to fit anywhere, you find yourself like just in a place of like you had a career and you don't anymore and you, you're not sure in the midst of all of those things, in the midst of all of those things, if you don't realize God is good, then we're doomed because Paul was convinced that God was good. In fact, Paul's the guy who wrote Hebrews, the passage that we've been going through. And when he mentions all those people that we've gone through the last six weeks, he gets to the end, and when he gets to the end, he begins talking about some other people. And if you've never read this passage, this is so profound. He talks about the others. He doesn't mention them by name because there's so many. He said there were others, and he, read, he writes about them, and he, he says this. He said there were others who were tortured, he, they are still, they're still faithful people. They're still in the like, lineup of the people with great faith. He's talking about all by faith, all these people. He's like, by faith, there were other people. There were other people who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain a, even a better resurrection. Some faced jurors, which are mockery, and, and flogging, they even, and even chains and imprisonment. If they were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. These are all people with great faith. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, dissolute, persecuted, and mistreated. And then he says this about them. He says, and the world was not worthy of them. He said they were from a different planet. Their, their faith was, was out of this world. The world was not worthy of that kind of faith. The world was not worthy of those kind of people. Like they were so beyond this. And he talks about them. He said they wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. They were, they were, uh, they were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what God had been promised since God had planned something better for us that only 
together with us would be made perfect. What he's saying is that they believed that God was going to do something good and better with all of us. Like their life was going to be a part of a bigger story and they were able to just go ahead and die believing that. Now I know some of you guys are like, this is extreme, bro. This is Sunday morning. Can we just have a nice sermon? I just want you to know that the, some of the things you're going through and some of the pain that we're going through, it's going to require you and I not to have a precious faith, but a faith that is willing to put up the fight and do this and try this. For us as a church, we're trying this, this campaign in the middle of, you know, I mean, all the things. Man, but it's going to take, a, it's going to take some work for us to do it. It's going to take a lot of things for us to really work this out for us. But man, it's, it, you have no idea that the work you put in, the fight you put in, how it's going to pay out. I remember when we were first trying to build this space, and man, we, we, it took eight years to finally find a, a location, have the money and resources to find a place like this. And people gave sacrificially, friends, to this. Sacrificially. And some of them didn't even know what, how God was going to use it. I'll tell you what, this past Friday, so Thanksgiving was Tuesday, Thursday, and then Friday, we did a funeral here. We did a funeral in the middle of holiday season. It was a tragic death. All of a sudden, there was mental illness, illness involved. It was just, without saying all the details, it was in pretty, pretty intense. We got the call, and because we know some neighbors who just reached out to us on Facebook, and they were like, hey, Here's the situation, but the guy is Pakistani, like me. He's Pakistani. His dad's Pakistani, Muslim, mom's Christian, they've been divorced. Very unique situation. And friends, on Friday, in the middle of Thanksgiving a break, we hosted, and our staff here are amazing, we hosted a funeral for a, for a Pakistani family. Half of them, I've never had so many Muslims sitting right here. I've never had the opportunity to be on stage talking to a crowd, and I am not the minority. Because just look around, there's no Pakistanis here. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't believe it. On Friday, I started, I started with a greeting in, in, in Urdu, my language, because they're all Pakistani families. And they're shocked. They're like, hold on, you're a pastor, you're what, and, you're, and I'm Pakistani. And I was able to speak scripture to them and speak God's love to them in the midst of just desperation as grandmothers are losing their mind. I'm able to like do this and I'm like, I am so grateful that people, that we were able to create a building like this. That we could host a whole community of Muslims here and feel welcomed here. I gotta I got tell you guys, I gotta tell you this, that's when I go, it's worth it. All the stuff that we are Call to sacrifice is worth it. So I want to end with that, friends. Let's not have a faith that's fragile. Let's have a faith that's, that has a fight in it. And let's see what God does with that kind of faith. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for who you are and the kind of faith you're calling us to, the kind of relationship you're calling us to. God, I'm grateful for the fact that you have called us 
knowing who we are, knowing our circumstances, knowing that there are some handicaps that we have, knowing that there, there are some habits that we have, knowing that we've got some stuff in our lives that just it's so hard for us to kind of move past. And yet, God, you use us. God, for some of us, the truth is we've never had a personal revelation of who you are. Your goodness seems to be over there, not in here, just over there. We see your goodness over there. We sing about your goodness over there. We sing about your goodness on those people, but we, we just never felt it. God, I pray that you this morning would give each and every person watching, listening, here in this room, here in their room, a revelation, a personal revelation of you this week. It happens as, as uh, I, I pray you surprise them. You catch them off guard. They're doing something and they didn't even realize. And all of a sudden they hear a voice. All of a sudden they hear a whisper. All of a sudden they see something and you speak. And you remind them that more than anything else, you are good. And you're going to turn all things for good. And they would have the power to keep on moving. Keep on going. God, I pray that over us. I pray, God, as we respond in this last song, some of us might go start praying for, lighting candles for something that, that we know that we've stopped praying for and now we've got to start back up again. God, I pray that we would do that. Some of us would receive communion, reminding us, God, that you've personally told us that you are good. And we know that. Some of us might just sit and just have a moment. God, I pray that in this time, you would speak and we would lean in. Lean in. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.